0: To the fact that uh, we have Christmas for others, there's a Christmas decoration out there that uh, you can take one of those off of the, is it a tree? or? A, and uh, you can and be a blessing to someone and bring a gift, amen? Tis the season to be jolly, tis the season to sow seed, amen? Praise God. And we got a nice Christmas program coming up in December as well. And uh, the 16th on Sunday night. And uh, we always have a a good time with that and and an opportunity for you to invite some friends to church. And then I have a dessert fellowship afterwards. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's turn in our Bibles to John 15 tonight. John 15 and CIA. Thank you, honey. John 15 from the God's Word Translation uh, started talking Sunday morning on where do you live? Well, the Word of God tells us exactly where to live. John 15:4, Jesus says, Live in me and I will live in you. A branch cannot produce fruit by itself. It has to say, attached to the vine, in the same way you cannot produce fruit unless you live in me. Uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who live in me while I live in them will produce a lot of fruit. That's the will of God for there to be a lot of fruit in our lives. Amen. But you can't produce anything without me. That's a given. Whoever doesn't live in me is thrown away like a branch and dries up. Branches like this are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you live in me and what I says lives in you, then ask for anything you want and it will be yours. I have loved you the same way the Father has loved me, so live in my love. And if you obey my commandments, you will live in my love. I've obeyed my Father's commandments, and in that way I will live in His love. I have told you these things, or I have told you this, so that you can be as joyful as I am, And that your joy may be complete. Think about being as joyful as he is. If you will continue to behold him. And to look at him. You will become what you behold. If you will continue to look at Jesus. It's like John the Baptist said. Behold the Lamb of God. That word behold means look, see, perceive the Lamb of God. And so as we go down this path of life, beholding him, keeping our eyes fixed on him, we become more like him every day. And his attributes that are really in us as a seed become cultivated and developed to the point where this joy is not only inside of us, but it's bubbling up and it's affecting the outside. Amen? So he says, I've told you these things so that your joy might be full. Amen? Yeah. I've told you these things so you be as joyful as I am and your joy will be complete. Love each other as I've loved you. And that is what... I am commanding you to do. We talked last Sunday a little bit on where do you live? Where do you live? Naturally speaking, people will say, well, I live in the United States of America. I live in Minneapolis or I live in New York City. I live in such and such a county. That's naturally speaking. But we're looking after this with spiritual eyes. Where are you living spiritually? some people live in fantasy land we talked about that others live in the past right other people live in uh, the land of unfulfilled desires but jesus tells us exactly where to live and though this outward man is getting older and uh Is decaying, the inward man, you see, is being renewed day by day. And so we do not live our lives outwardly. We live here. We live here in our thoughts, in our soul, in our spirit. Amen. And so it is of utmost importance. What we choose to think on every day of our lives. The reason why we can be stronger and the world may be getting weaker. The reason that we're getting healthier where the world may be getting sicker. The reason why you and I can get wealthier and the world get poorer. You know, the world may fall off a cliff, but I'm not going there. (laughs) I'm not going there. The world may experience recession, but you and I are going to experience progression. Amen. There's no such a thing as going back in the kingdom of God. It is walking by faith and not by sight. Our steps are ordered of Him, and He's taken us into our promised land and into our wealthy place. Yeah. Say with me: No recession. No only progression progression. for me me. thank you Lord Lord. and so the reason we're not getting colder but we're getting bolder is we got our eyes on him we're beholding the Lamb of God we have chosen to set our affection on things above not on things of the earth we have chosen to to keep our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. Yeah. Therefore, we will not be distracted. We will not be sidelined. But we will stay right in the middle of the road with our eyes on him. Till the trumpet sounds or till we decide to go home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory. And, and so then... It is important what we allow ourselves to think on. Thoughts are important. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh, Thoughts are spiritual in their origin. The Father wants to get his thoughts over to you. His thoughts are higher than man's thoughts. His ways are higher than man's ways. But he has chosen to share his thoughts with you and with me. Because we are in him and he is in us. We've got an inside track to the thoughts of heaven. Woo! Glory to God. Thinking the thoughts of God. It's like John Osteen used to preach. He said, one thought can change your life forever. Glory to God. Thoughts. And so thoughts have their origination in the spirit realm. The father wants to get his thoughts over to us. He has done that by giving us exceeding great and precious promises. And we have discovered that he is the great promise keeper. And so as we receive the promise and believe the promise and speak the promise, the promise keeper watches over his promise to perform it on our behalf. Amen. Now, just as uh, our heavenly father is attempting to get his thoughts over to us, the enemy is also, he's a liar and his thoughts, if meditated on and thought upon and spoken out and acted out long enough, see, he wants to have a harvest in your life. See, uh, Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Well, that's true positively, and that's true negatively. And so then, our part in living in him, our part is to live in his word and allow his word to actually live in us. It's not a Sunday to Sunday proposition. It is a daily word, daily bread, daily feeding, daily eating, daily living in him. If you live in me and my words live in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. If you live in me and my words live in you, my words live in you. When his words live in you, you'll begin to behold the Lamb of God in the area of life that you need help in. And so, in Romans chapter 12, let's look over there. And uh, notice with me in verse 1 and 2. Romans the 12th chapter. uh, Notice in verse 1 and 2. Every mind needs a bouncer at the door. Okay? Every mind needs a bouncer at the door that's right, and what a bouncer say when you try to get in and you're not on the list they say boy girl you ain't on the list and you ain't coming in Well, that's what we do spiritually yes. mr. devil that's not on the list Worry's not on the list disease is not on the list Amen. Amen. disease poverty worry depression are not a part of my benefit package. Therefore, I'm going to bounce that dude right out of my life. Amen? Amen. You too? So, how are you going to know what's on the list if you don't spend any time in the list? In Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1 and 2, I'm going to read, first of all, from God's Word Translation. By the way, guys, if we can find God's Word Translation anywhere, purchase it like we did the Holman. Let's get that because that's a great translation. I like people to see it. In uh, verse 2, well, let's start in verse 1 of Romans 12. going to bounce that devil right out of my life. <laughs> All right. Reading from the King James first, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or which is your spiritual worship. Okay. Now, in verse two from God's word translation, he says, do not become like the people of this world. Instead, change the way you think. Change the way you think is our thinking and was our thinking at the time of the new birth completely aligned with his thoughts no. <laughs> absolutely not and that's why he says change the way that you think you don't get that out of psychology you don't get it out of psychiatry You get it out of wordology. Change the way that you think. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay? Don't become like the people of this world. Instead, change the way you think. Then you will always be able to determine what God really wants. What is good and pleasing and perfect. From the Phillips translation, it says, Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. Now, notice that word squeeze. When we are squeezed, we are pressured. So there is peer pressure. There is pressure from this world to conform To the standards of this world. But he says don't let it happen to you. Don't let the world squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your minds. Now notice from within. The remolding of the mind comes from within. Glory to God. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands, and moves toward the goal of true maturity. It's not enough to get born again. We must get our minds renewed. We do not get a renewed mind by the laying on of hands. Amen. We do not get a... Renewed mind because a prophet prophesies over us. We may have hands laid on us for a specific purpose. A prophet may have a word from the Lord for us. But that does not renew your mind. Your mind is renewed by the living. who Alive. Sharper than a two-edged sword. Promises of God. Now let's look over at Romans chapter 8. And let's look at verses 5 through 8. Don't let the world squeeze you into its own mold. The world has a mold. Hmm. And the world wants the church to approve, oftentimes, of the way it thinks and the way that it operates. You can love people and respect people but highly disapprove of their lifestyle and their character. Is that right? And so don't feel pressured to align yourself with the spirit of this world. They're moving in a completely different direction. And I will say this, that Most of them are because their eyes are blind. Because they can't see. And so the greatest service we can do for the world is begin to bind up the darkness that has blinded their eyes. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. We've got the name, we've got the word, we've got the blood. We can bind principalities and powers, we can take dominion, especially over those in your household and those that are, you know, online with you. Oh, let there be light, Lord God, let there be light in America, let there be an awakening, let there be light. Oh, God, let there be light. Oh, let there be light in Washington, D.C. Let there be light in Jesus' name. Let there be an awakening, Lord. hallelujah. And some of them will wake up. Some of them will awake to righteousness. There will be people that will turn from darkness to the light. Can we shout about that just a little bit? It's like that young, young man that got saved on that program, Two and a Half Men. He had an encounter with Jesus. He had an encounter with the light of this world. Probably even got baptized in the Holy Ghost basically what he said, regardless of the $350,000 I make an episode, I can no longer go down this path because that is a path of darkness. I am now in the light and I am just before God and I choose to walk in the light. Don't you know God will bless a young man like that? Don't you know God will bless your life if you just say no to the world and yes to God and refuse to be molded and squeezed into their way of thinking? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let there be light in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Romans, the eighth chapter now. And look at uh, verse five. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Let his word live in you. Start minding the things of the spirit. Minding the word of God. But they that are after the Spirit or those that live in Him, the things of the Spirit. Where do you live? What is your mindset? You see, whichever way the mind swings is very critical. If it swings toward the flesh, you're going to be carnal. But if it swings toward the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Word, which is Spirit and life, you're going to be spiritual. And so the choice is ours where we live. The choice is ours on what our mindset will be. We can either live carnally or we can live spiritually. Now notice with me in verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enemy or is in enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God or to the word of God, neither indeed can it be. A mind that is carnal is a person, even though they may be born again, Their thoughts are not in line with his thoughts. And so, living a fleshly, beneath their rights and privileges, life. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. And so then the flesh is the unrenewed, carnal mindset. Say with me, a spiritual mindset is a mind that is set on God's Word. Does it matter what we think on? Does it matter what we meditate on? You better believe it does. Because what you think on is what image you have of your life. If you think you're inferior Sooner or later, you'll start believing you're inferior. The exact opposite is true. We are not inferior. We are accepted in the beloved. If you think in terms of lack and thinks in terms of poverty... Well, I come from a long line of poverty. My great grandpa was poor. My grandfather was poor. My daddy was poor. You know what? We're just poor folk. (laughs) Well, I got something to tell you. Your heavenly father ain't poor. He ain't poor no more. Never was poor. Never will be poor. So what are we doing poor mouthing? A poor mouth comes from poor thoughts. And it's followed by poor actions. Acting poor. Hallelujah. I mean, we might as well just make the devil real mad tonight and say it with me five times. I'm 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 rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. That's right. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. And so, behold the Lamb of God who redeemed you from the curse of poverty. Behold him as Sebra Nishthava notea behold him in the morning behold him at noon behold him all day long and by night you'll get so overwhelmed that you'll be singing a holy ghost song hallelujah behold the lamb of god behold your redeemer i know one thing for sure my redeemer lives how about yours let's lift our hands and give him glory to god glory Ha ha ha, ain't poor no more. <laughs> Woo, ain't poor no more. Ain't sad no more. Why? He has made me glad. Ain't no more sad days. Glory to God, just up around in glad days. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Yes, 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 he has. And yes, 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 he will. Hallelujah. I'm the man from glad. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And when you're glad, it'll show up. When you're glad on the inside, it's going to show up on the outside. You won't have to fake it till you make it. No, you'll just be overflowing with gladness. Amen. Psalms 2 says that he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Glad people rejoice. At destruction and at famine, I'm going to laugh. Why is that, Pastor? Because he's made me glad. (laughs) Because he's made me happy. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. (laughs) Has he made you glad tonight? Do you have anything to be glad about? Well, I see you're still breathing. You ought to be glad. (laughs) Hallelujah. You got a roof over your head. Didn't rain on you. You ought to be glad. Amen. Shoo. Amen. So then, where you set your mind on, it will control the direction of your life. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Word of God. I'm preaching Sunday's message now glory to God. They start bumping into one another. (laughs) Behold the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Through the Word of God. What you behold, you become. Behold Him as your healer, and you will become healed. Thank you, Lord. And so then the difference between walking in the Spirit and walking in the flesh really is your point of view it's your attitude it's what you're thinking and what's what you meditate on having god's point of view equals walking in the spirit having man's point of view is equivalent to the flesh okay it's equivalent to the flesh turn with me to 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 if you would 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 this is all connected now. On where you, where do you live? That's right. Where where are you living? Mm-hmm. Don't live in novels. Live in the Bible. <laughs> it's okay to read a book, and it's okay to you know watch TV, go to a movie. But that ought not to be the preeminent thing. Amen. Amen. It's got to be word first, yes. right. presence first. We cannot live without it. We cannot do anything without Him. Now in Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen. Uh, notice this now. Praise God. Second Corinthians three eighteen. Can we read together? Ready? Please read. But we all, with open face. Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image stop right there notice we're beholding we're beholding him the Lamb of God him the healer him the financier him is whatever you need him to be according to the word of God And so we're looking in this glorious mirror of God's Word. And then we're changed. This is mind renewal. This is being renewed in the spirit of your mind. You're changed. Something happens because you see, when you, when you started looking, you weren't changed yet. That's why you got to keep looking. Till that change takes place. Till that image gets clearer. Oh, right. Amen? Amen? You know, you, you get up in the morning and maybe one eye's open, <laughs> the other eye's closed, and the hair just isn't like you'd like it. So you've got to keep working with it. Yes. Amen? Amen. So, so first, you know, when we, when we get born again and along life's path, when we first start looking into the mirror... We're not changed yet, but if we'll continue in the Word, if we'll live in the Word, and treat the Word as our necessary food, there will come a change in your life. You will be changed. Changed. Different. To where your old friends couldn't even believe it. Couldn't even recognize you anymore. I've been changed. I've been newborn. I've been filled with the spirit. And filled with the word of God. And so as we continue to look in this mirror. This image gets more clear. Clearer. Day by day. Notice this now. In Second Corinthians 3.18. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. We are changed. What? Into what? In other words, whatever we're beholding, we're becoming. Yeah. Say that with me. Whatever, whatever. I am beholding. I am. Beholding. I am, I am becoming. Let's become more like him. It is enough for the disciple to be just like his Lord. He has predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his dear son. Hallelujah. And so it says here, we look in the glass, the glory of God, and we are changed into the same image but now I think it's very interesting here that he says from glory to glory. Uh, bring the amplified version up of that if you would. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Have you noticed in your walk with the Lord that it's just getting more glorious? Yeah. Have you noticed that Jesus just keeps getting sweeter and sweeter by day? Yeah. Well, he's always been that way. Yeah. But what's happened is this is catching up and this is catching up to how he really is. And it's getting clearer. Getting clearer by the day. Now notice this in in the last part of this. We're being transfigured or changed into his very own image in ever increasing splendor. The King James says we're going from glory to glory but the Amplified says we're going from one degree of glory to another. From glory to glory, he's changing me. See, we're going from one degree of glory to another. We're becoming more like him every day. We're getting stronger every day. We're getting more joyful every day. We're getting richer every day. We're being more blessed every day. Glory to God. We're walking in greater realms of love every day. Every day. From one degree of glory to another. Now... This comes not only from the Word of God, from the mirror, but it also comes from the Holy Spirit. So the Word of God and the Spirit of God go to work and start developing a very clear image of who you are and what we have and what we can do in Him and through Him. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just a side thought here. Not only are we individually in our walk with God going from one degree of glory to another, but I believe the local churches who put the word first and don't quench the Holy Spirit and just want His plan and His will to be done in their midst, I believe the local churches that will do that in the last days, I believe those local churches will go from one degree of glory to a greater degree of glory before the coming of the lord we could say it this way from one degree of presence to another degree of presence hallelujah until the trumpet sounds i like what my good friend mark brisee says he says you know what jesus left this earth in a cloud he's coming in a cloud and you and i are going to be flowing so in the glory of god that we're gonna just one day be in a service and perhaps the glory cloud just be in there and people being healed and saved, and that cloud's gonna catch us all away. <laughs> I mean, one moment in Hayward, the next moment in heaven. Woo! Glory! To... Think about it! One moment in San Francisco, the next moment shouting, walking, dancing down the streets of glory. Oh! Woo! Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Glad to see you. Jesus, I love you. Hallelujah. Talk about a family reunion. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And so make it your business then in this day, in this hour, to live in Him. And to, to live for Him. You can so behold Him. You can so get caught up in, in Him that you don't even notice what's going on around you. You may be facing some real big challenges and, and big tests. But if you, you just keep your eyes on Him. Yeah. Keep your eyes on Him. Yeah, this army's coming against us, Lord. We don't know what to do, but my eyes. My eyes are on you. That doesn't mean that the army is any less around you, but what it means is your eyes are on him, and because they're on him, he's for you, he's gone before you, and you will come out the other side victorious. Hallelujah. I got my eyes on him. I got my eyes on him. I can't deliver myself. I can't heal myself. But I got my eyes on him. And as long as we keep our eyes on him, everything's going to be all right. Amen. Let's look at Second Corinthians chapter 10. Well, no, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And I want to look at that in the Amplified Version. Thank you, Lord. Where are you living? I'm living in the Word. I got my eyes fixed upon the Lord. I'm keeping my gaze on Him. (laughs) Glory to God glory to god yes 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 it's going to be all right thank you lord oh it's going to be all right hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 it says looking away from all that will distract to jesus that's the same way of saying behold the lamb of god who is the leader and the source of our faith giving the first incentive for our belief as is also its finisher, bringing into maturity and perfection for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him. He endured the cross. He despised, but what did he do about the shame? He ignored it. How could he do that? There was something before him that he kept his eyes on that kept him from getting... Distracted. It's you, and it was me. The prize that was before him was you and me coming into the kingdom of God. He pressed through the pressure because of the prize. You're his prize, I'm his prize. He endured the cross, he despised and ignored the shame. But thank God now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's a place of victory. That's a place of rest. But he never would have gotten there had he not gotten over the hurdle in the Garden of Gethsemane. Where he said, not my will, but your will be done. Now let's close in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. I know it's Wednesday night, and I know that many of you get up so very early. You know, some of you get up at you know, 3.30, some of you get up at 4, 4.30, so I do understand that. But How many of you will give me just a few more moments tonight? By the way, we're going to do a survey pretty soon, I think, to see what your thoughts are concerning starting the Wednesday night service a little earlier. It may not be doable, but we're going to test that water anyhow. Alright, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and uh, it says in verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. I'm thankful that my, my battle and your battle is not with flesh and blood. Amen? Don't, don't be bummed out about people that are full of devils. Don't, don't you know, just keep your fists to yourself. It's not going to do any good. I mean, they're full of devils they talk like the devil they act like the devil just you know go in the bathroom and take a long break and (laughs) we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh verse 4 for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. the war the battle is in the mind the mind is the arena of faith okay if you can keep Satan, in the arena of faith, you can whip him every time. But he wants us to slip out of the yeah. arena of faith into his arena of reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? But these weapons of our warfare, they're not kernel, they're not fleshly in their orig- origination. Gloria Copeland says Satan is limited in his warfare against us, we are unlimited in our warfare against him. Yeah. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but... Oh, boy. Mighty. Man, I... Ah, glory. I, I sense His mighty presence tonight. But mighty through Him to the pulling down of strongholds. The biggest strongholds you will, you will ever face are in your own mind. Verse 5. Let's read this together. Casting down imaginations and every high thing... That exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So what are we to do with those thoughts? We're to, we're to cast them down. Amen. See, they are things that came from hell, and they tried to get real high up here, but we're to cast them down. With the weapons of our warfare, with the name. Sometimes you just got to speak out loud and say in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over my soul. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or living in him and bring into captivity every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. Amen. Now listen very carefully. I'm going to go over this real, real quick. When the enemy lies, and those things assail against your soul, you need to tell yourself the truth. Remind yourself of the truth. Laugh at the enemy's lies. Number one, you've got to locate the lie. To locate the lie, you've got to know whether the lie is on the list or not. If it's not on the list, you've got to cast it down. Secondly, don't repeat the lie. Don't own the lie by thinking about it or verbalizing it. Don't own it. Don't take ownership of it. And then thirdly, remove the lie with your spiritual weapons. With the word, with the sword, with the rhema of the spirit. And then fourthly, replace the lie with the truth. Replace the lie with the truth with the truth famous lies of the devil i've got the upper hand on you now i've got you right where i want you you'll never make it out of that that's a lie straight from the pit of hell there's no temptation taking you but such as is common to man but god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able but will always provide a way of escape for those who know the truth Right? Yes. Another famous lie of the devil is you're stuck. You're stuck. You'll never, ever, ever get out of that apartment. You'll never get out of that vocation. You're stuck. Anybody the devil ever told you you're stuck? Well, I'm telling you what, the Word of God will unstuck you. The Word of God will move you. Maybe you've been living in the land of stuck. But God's backing up his U-Haul truck. Amen. And we're moving out of the land of stuck into the land of liberty. Into the land of glory. Into the land of more than enough. Are you kidding me? I'm not stuck. No way. You're too old. Lie the devil. The Bible says you'll be bringing forth fruit in your old age.